Hey, witches. Welcome to The Lion, The Witch, and The Podcast. We are two mystic Leos discussing spirituality and human condition in the post-pandemic world. So hop in, witches. We're going hexing. I don't know about you guys, but I'm fucking schwitzing right now. I'm schwitzing. Like, what is happening? Well, okay, so it was hot on the East Coast for you, like, last week, two weeks ago, and it was totally Mm -hmm. fine on the West Coast, and now things have fucking flipped, and it's so fucking annoying. Well, you were thinking about me, so you brought the weather over. Yeah, but I didn't want 95 degrees. (laughs) (laughs) What can I say? I'm hot, 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 you know? Like, oh my my God, it's like the new emoji, the new heart emoji with the flaming, Mm -hmm. with the flames. Mm -hmm. Also... We're both, so Sean's wearing a yellow shirt and I'm wearing a like reddish orange shirt. We love the vibe. We love the vibe. We love the vibe. So, which is happy Wednesday. What's going on? What is up? We're so fucking tired today. And I feel like this is a collective consciousness kind of thing. Like, uh, I feel like everybody's tired right now. And we will, we just passed through eclipse season as well. And the retrograde is almost done. Oh, thank fucking God. Thank God. No, yeah. You know what? Let me, let me just, let me go back to that. Thank goddess. Thank goddess. That's where, that's, that's where we are. Yes, that is very good. And Sean, how witchy was your week? Oh, it was, it was a pretty solid week. Um, I just started a new job. Like I had talked about previously. Um, and you know, it's been fucking exhausting learning all new stuff and feeling very insecure, but you know, I'll get it. And, uh, I think everybody feels that way when they start a new job. So it's been very exhausting. It's like you mentioned earlier, it's finally not 95 degrees here anymore. It was brutal, brutal. And me in an upstairs apartment, I was like, Oh, we can, we can last till we move No. No, no, no. Like, it's so weird that my air conditioning does really well in the office and in my bedroom, but in my living room, because I have such high ceilings, which I've never like experienced before. It's like, it's like, why, why is this happening? What is going on? Why is it so hot in one area and then so cold in the other area? I'm like, am I having hot flashes? Like, am I turning (laughs) into an old, am I getting old like that fast? Is that what's happening? No, we're not crones yet. Not yet, yeah. <laughs> How would you was your week? Um, I went to a really dope flea market. Now, mm. peeps, if you haven't heard of the Rose Bowl flea market, it happens every second Sunday of the month. And it's fucking huge because the Rose Bowl is obviously fucking huge. Mm-hmm. And uh, Blake and I went and we went when it was hot. And there was a ton of people and it was really weird because we haven't been around like that many people, obviously. And like how long? So the whole, like, do we wear our masks? Like, do we not? Because it's hot out, but also around a lot of people, like we don't really know, but I found some really cool shops and vendors. I picked up some good crystals that I already put Mm -hmm. on the stories and like, it was a really cool and Sean got me a fucking awesome candle for my housewarming gift. So like, it's been witchy in that way and I can't complain. Yeah, sounds like a good week. Should we also kind of like tease a little bit about what we're doing this week? You go for it. <laughs> <laughs> so we have a really fun collab coming up. Um, we're going to be recording it tomorrow with our besties, Uncle Bob's Magic Cabinet. So it's going to be a super, super fun collab. I will spare y'all the details. 
Um, but we will definitely be talking about the spooky shiz. So. Oh, oh, fuck yeah. Like seriously, get ready. And like Sean said, like go just look at their podcast and their Instagram and everything else. Like it's, it's, um, it's, it's, it's a, yeah, it's a fun time. It's a cast for cast, a pod for pod. We like that. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's coming up. Super fun. We're excited. Cause there are, like I said, there are podcast besties. Yeah. Yeah. And speaking of podcasts, we should go into this episode. So the, this episode, so this Google doc is probably the longest doc that we've ever done, <laughs> but don't worry. We're not doing it all at once because yep. we would kill y'all and we don't want to do that. Part one, part two, we're doing part one of the wheel of the year pagan holidays pagan holidays like who doesn't want to learn about that honestly super fun we learned a lot oh yeah like i thought i did my work on my google doc and then sean sent me it and i was like nope i did not <laughs> i was like never mind i'm just gonna no. go crawl into a hole we, like I didn't no right. we both did a ton of work and i'm so like excited about all the stuff we found because like i can't wait for us to celebrate in the ways that we found you know i feel like we got a lot of new things on our plate here yeah so because this is actually i don't really know how long it's gonna be but we should just get into the episode mm-hmm. so um, our resources were Year of the Witch by Temperance Alden, which fucking love that name. That's a fantastic mm-hmm. name. I know, such a badass name. Seriously. And Magic, an Illustrated Guide to Witchcraft by Kyla Little. Yep. Yep. Okay, so let's let's freaking do this. Introduction. Also, this is color-coded, everyone. Of course it is. <laughs> Here we go, back to fucking Google Doc. So The Wheel of the Year is generally defined as a year-long outlook of pagan holy days and traditions set upon a circular wheel to highlight the cyclical nature of our 365-day cycle, often associated with the founder of the Wiccan tradition, Gerald Gardner. While pagan holidays are a part of many, many traditions of varied cultures, both ancient and contemporary across the globe, Gardner played a large part in developing the modern wheel that we all know pretty well, celebrating solstices, equinoxes, and Celtic fire festivals that are called Sabbaths. Kyla Little says, Sabbaths are essentially the witch's holidays, much like Easter, Christmas, or Halloween. Heck yeah. In fact, many of these popular Christian holiday traditions originate from the ancient pagan Sabbath celebrations. The Sabbaths, however, are primarily based on the Earth's journey around the sun. They are celebration celebrations timed to the seasons of the Earth's natural cycle. With that being said, the celebrated activities of each Sabbath align with the seasons and the time in the year in which they fall. That was a lot. My mouth already hurts. <laughs> You said it so well, though. Thank you. I tried. I like I said. I told Sean. I was like, I literally went down this Google Doc to make sure. I'm like, I'm not gonna do it wrong. <laughs> so Gardner, Gerald Gardner, as we mentioned previously, may have heavily influenced the Wheel of the Year. But Temperance Alden, one of our authors for this episode, helps reshape and redefine it to respect many non-Wiccan cultures and traditions that are often marginalized and shadowed by Gardnerian Wicca, because not everybody practices that. Mm-hmm. Most of the information included in this doc is from her amazing book, The Year of the Witch, which we highly suggest to be on the top of your summer reading list as a necessary text. It is good. How many times have you read through it? Oh, like probably only like three or four. So Okay, okay I'm surprised. I thought yeah. it would have been more than that. 
Yeah, right. Well, you know, we'll, we'll get there. <laughs> no, you're right. You're right. <laughs> On the modern wheel of the year, there are eight total festivals that are widely held and celebrated in many pagan and neo-pagan traditions today. The four Celtic fire festivals are... Samhain, also known as Winter Nights, Halloween, and Pagan New Year, and All Hallows Eve. Imbolc, also known as St. Bridget's Day and Candlemas. Beltane, also known as May's Eve or May Day. And Lunasad, also known as Freyfest and Lamas. The four remaining solstice and equinox days are widely regarded by their seasonal names, but were lended official titles by Aidan Kelly in the 1970s and are more popularly known as Yule, the winter solstice, yes. Ostara, the spring equinox, Litha, the summer solstice, which is coming up, and Mabin, the autumn equinox. These are eight holidays and they are a mix of Celtic and Germanic influenced names and celebrated in their own ways by cultures across the globe. But we in the witchcraft community will be familiar with them in one way or another. Yes. So we have a quick vocab check. Oh, yes. Vocab checkpoint. So the term equinox is defined by the Oxford languages as, quote, the time or date twice a year at which the sun crosses the celestial equator when day and night are approximately of equal length. So that happens about September 22nd and March 20th. The term solstice is defined by Oxford languages as, quote, the time of time or date twice a year, again, at which the sun reaches its maximum or minimum declination, marked by the longest and shortest days of the year. So again, about June 21st and December 22nd. Those aren't Bible dates. I mean, and by Bible dates, I mean like set in stone. Um, it's, you know... The, that couple of day range. So like 20th, 21st, 22nd, it falls every so often in those areas. Mm -hmm. So an ending note for our um, introduction here. So it is especially important to remember that although the wheel of the year is heavily associated with Gardneri and Wicca, it is not a closed concept, meaning any witch or pagan can improve upon or change the wheel to the specifications of their own practice in their own practice please do not try and tell another practitioner how to practice. Preach. Preach. Neither Courtney nor I are Wiccan witches, so we will use an eclectic approach when it comes to defining pagan holidays and their associations and our own practices and encourage you to do the same. So as our author Temperance Alden says in the, re the Year of the Witch, throughout the pages of this book, we will learn specific ways to practice intuitively guided witchcraft, how to grow more confident in your intuition, and how to use the wheel of the year to empower you in choosing your own methods to celebrate the changing of the seasons, end quote. So we're crafting the reality here that we want in our own journey. Mm, can we do the first snap of the episode? I just feel like, I just feel like that needed to snap, you know? Yes. Don't ever try and tell another practitioner how to practice. Fuck no. All right. So we're going to start with Courtney's fave. Yes. Also... We have to say on the Google Doc, um, Sean put the wheel of the year on the Google Doc. And honestly, it's just so fucking dope. Like, it's such a cool wheel when you like really like look at it. And like, yeah. I, don't, I don't know what, it's just so cool. Like, why don't I have something of that up here? I'm like literally looking in my office right now. I'm like, hmm, could I find something to put that, that up yeah, there? Yeah, I think we both need prints. This um, right? image specifically is from Temperance Alden's book. And I like that um, they put the... Uh, 
uh, Zodiac associations as the yeah. second, like, yes, um, yes, yeah, area. And, and it, right in the middle, of course, in the wheel is a pentangle. And I love that. So, yeah. so, so freaking dope. Okay. Nope. So, yes, Sean, like you said, the first one is Samhain, also known as Halloween, All Hallows Eve, and which is New Year. It is the first fire festival celebrated in the wheel of the year and stands at the middle point between the autumn equinox and the winter solstice, which is October 31st in the Northern Hemisphere and May 1st on the Southern Hemisphere. Celebrated by pagans and witches is largely, largely reconstructed from earlier and more ancient Celtic Irish practices. Oh my God, this, my mouth is going to hurt so bad from this Google doc. I can already <laughs> feel it. The word Samhain means November in modern Irish and Scottish Gaelic, but has been suggested that the word also takes root in the term summer's end, which is a modern theory on the etymology of the word. During Samhain, the veil between the worlds is thinner. So it is considered a time to honor the dead and harvest the last of crops. Samhain is often considered the first spoke on the dark side of the modern wheel of the year, supported by the Celts belief that the wheel of the year was split into two halves, dark and light. Starting with Samhain, the dark half of the year also encompasses Yule, Imbolc, and Osteria. Samhain, being the first spoke, transitions us from the cycles of birth and growth to the cycle of death. I don't know why, maybe Sean, you agree, but for some reason, like always the darker half of the year just speaks so much more to me personally. And maybe because it is so much of a sign of like growth and like yeah. growing, you know, I don't, maybe that's just me. And also like, I just like everything dark. So I don't know. Well, I love Samhain so fucking much, but oh. I am a spring bitch. I know you I, really are. You love I the really roses. I really am. I do well, everything, you know, I'm just like, I'm very Persephone vibe. So I, oh, oh yeah. Samhain is my favorite dark half of the year. Um, Sabbath, sorry. Uh, dark half of the year, Sabbath. And Besides that, I can't really get into the others, honestly, but that's perfect for us because we're like the light side and the dark side of the wheel. I know, like you love the summer, you love the ocean, you love, you love the flowers and the trees. And I don't, I just don't, I don't. <laughs> that is totally <laughs> fine. That is totally fine. We need yin and yang, right? It's so true. If you're not sure what we mean by spoke, think of the spinning wheel from Sleeping Beauty. I fucking love this. Besides the big old spindle that Aurora pricked her finger on in order to fall into a death-like sleep, a spinning wheel used to spin thread or yarn, which was woven into cloth, also has spokes, which are rods radiating from the center of the wheel. The thinning veil during Samhain is significant for witches who want to seriously manifest change in the new year. Think of traditional New Year's manifestations in our modern society. The Witch's New Year is a time when we can do the same and receive all of the benefits of a thin veil, which I think is so interesting because I don't like New Year's resolutions at all. But during Samhain, it's like so different. It's yeah. so different. And I don't, maybe because like New Year's is just so like overrated. Mm -hmm. I love the Witch's New Year so much better. It's so much, obviously. Yeah. There is no better than the eve of the witch's new year to send a message to your ancestors. The angel's trumpet plant, which is toxic, 
is a symbol of a messenger to the underworld with its turned down flowers and can be employed in sending messages below by sticking a message in the flower and burying it with the setting sun handled with care and do not expose to bare skin. Mm -hmm. Interesting. I never thought about that. I wanted to tell a little story about Samhain and maybe it'll like touch somebody out there who has had the same experience. But I mean, besides the numerous amazing things that happened during Samhain and we'll get into that in the next bit. Um, I actually love to visit graveyards, grave sites, and yep. also um, I've tried a couple times to visit. Zach really loves to see uh colonial battlegrounds and Ah. civil war battlegrounds and I think you know the story I think I told you the story before Courtney but um you know I can't visit those sites anymore because especially around Samhain or Beltane because those are the the points of the year where the veil is thinned and I can see everything um, I see the uh, people crawling across the battlefields, the the wounds. I see the ripped skirts, the ripped clothing, the women on the battlefield trying to patch people up. Like we actually went to um, in northern New Jersey, we went to, I think, the Monmouth battlefield, if I have any Jersey witches out there. Um, so we went there uh, during we kind of take a Samhain vacation every year. And during Samhain, we went up there it was like a couple days before and Zach was like oh let's walk across the field and go down to the other area so we could see where like the guns would have been set up or whatever oh god oh and I was like I literally said to him I can't walk across this field and he was like why and I was like they won't let me and they were literally like they were all looking at me they wouldn't they didn't want me to pass and they also wanted to touch me as I, as they, I came closer to them, they would come closer to me with their hands out. And I was like, nope, 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 nope. You are not touching me. And I didn't know why, just something inside of me, I guess it was my ancestors screaming like over my shoulder. Don't let them touch you. Don't let them touch you. Oh yeah. Oh my God. So it was crazy. We kind of stayed on the outskirts. I was watching soldiers march up and down, uh, the the sides of the field like it was crazy and my eyes were like so fucking wild and wide and Zach was like it's like you're watching like a game or something you know? <laughs> so. I can only imagine what you were seeing and feeling and literally like probably every single one of them wanted to talk to you too like yeah it was uh, weirdly I didn't hear any say anything directly to me but they just wanted they wanted to touch me and they were very unnerved by me being there they were like what the fuck like very just confused uh, out of absolute hell um so I don't know if there's any mediums out there that listen to this show um but yeah I mean that's probably happened to a lot of people and it's always a weird ass experience when it does no matter how many times it happens to you so. well don't worry because this Samhain we won't let that happen because friends <laughs> don't take you to a battlefield <laughs> yeah because friends we're gonna be together oh yes god I can't wait I can't fucking wait I mean, um, dope as fuck dope as fuck all right so Samhain activities Samhain is associated with Thanksgiving and is not associated with a particular deity but instead promotes the celebration of the thinned veil for closer connection However, there are particular deities that have been known to make their presence known during this time. And of course, I'm going to talk about some some deities I love. So Mm -hmm. 
Um, in the Wiccan tradition, the goddess takes the form of the crone during Samhain. She is the last stage before death of the triple goddess and holds the most knowledgeable and powerful role. While there are many forms of the triple goddess, the one most widely associated with Samhain is Hecate. Obviously. Obviously. Through her crone aspect, Hecate is a goddess of the underworld. At this time, she is commonly known as the dark goddess. The dark goddess embodies mystery, the moon, the inner self, and our shadow selves. This is important because Samhain season allows us a dedicated time to appreciate, acknowledge, and work on our moon selves. Mm -hmm. I I love that phrase, moon self. Mm -hmm. All right. So we're going to give you some some decoratives, some activities um, in the second part of like the uh, discussion about the the Samhain's. Sabbaths. I'm on a roll today. It's okay. We both are. (laughs) So, so altar items associated with this time stuff to add to your altar space, your sacred space, jack-o'-lanterns, of course, bones, photography of the deceased colors associated with this time are black, orange, and red crystals, Jasper, black obsidian, bloodstone, smoky quartz, herbs, bay, calendula, cinnamon, Mm. cloves, hazelnut, marigolds, foods, apple, cider, meat, mulled cider, pomegranates, nuts, pumpkin. Pumpkin. So pumpkin, (laughs) everything, pumpkin bread, pumpkin pie, pumpkin seeds. Other symbols include black cats, bats, ghosts, scarecrows, waning moons, apples, and crows. I love crows. Oh, so mm -hmm. cool. They just like, mm-hmm. fi- they find you, you know? Dude, I don't fucking know. Like even there was a crow here. I saw a crow literally <laughs> right here. I was like, crows, you're not, you don't, you don't, you're not in Studio City. What are you doing? <laughs> They're looking and- for you. They're like, you left. I was like, I know, but I'm like, oh God, maybe I should like name one of them just because. And then you know that it's going to become your friend. I know. You know? It's probably maybe. familiar. What if it's familiar? And I can name it Samhain. Oh my God. Well, we're done. Okay, that's it. It's decided. It's decided. (laughs) Rituals of Samhain. Here we go. Alden says, quote, Samhain starts on the first harvest moon you see in October and ends during the first week of November. Advice from her wise mother, an Irish folk witch like herself. She starts her Samhain rituals on the night of the first harvest moon in October. At this time, we celebrate family, spiritual connection, Thanksgiving, ending, and beginning anew. The veil is thin this time of year if we haven't said that enough, and our ancestors and recently lost family members are easier to contact and include in our daily lives. One of the most common Samhain traditions is what is known as a dumb supper or dinner with the dead. No, it's not dinner with the dumb. It's dinner with the dead. Mm -hmm. So... A dumb supper is a meal is traditionally held in complete silence, hence the term dumb, meaning silent, which is something that was used in older times, um, not modern times, very uh, frequently. So it's a meal traditionally held in complete silence to show reflection and respect. A meal is prepared and an extra place setting or settings are made up at the end of the table for deceased loved ones or ancestors. While the meal is conducted in silence, each person considers their own private memories of those loved and lost. The second way to perform a dub supper is what what Alden calls an Irish supper, but means anything but quiet and ruminating. That's us. Yeah, that's the one I like better. Yeah. So 
Alden says, this version is loud, full of great food, full of alcohol, and an absolute celebration of everything that is great about being alive. The supper is three courses and everything is handmade. Try to use local and seasonal ingredients as our ancestors would have had at this time. If you are remembering a specific person, incorporate something they would have loved, including in a meal at this time of year. Be as authentic to your bloodline and heritage as possible. What's most important than trying to follow instructions for the meal is to make it extra special. Include pictures mm. of your, your supper spirits at the place settings to invite them in. I cannot wait till when you and Zach are here and Zach is going to full on like fucking make a feast. A feast, a, a pumpkin feast. I mean, Zach is a Samhain baby. He's literally born on the 29th. I mean, if he had held out for a couple more days in the oven, he would have been a Samhain baby. He literally would have been the pumpkin king. Like he is the pumpkin king, he but he would have been king. like the like official pumpkin king. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You, you yeah. I mean, they spell the pumpkin king's name wrong. It's not Jack, it's Zach. So. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> but. But yeah, no, he loves anything with pumpkin. Like his favorite cake is pretty much pumpkin cheesecake. That's why I'm insane. Yeah. So other sound rituals include harvesting food from your own crops for your table and thanking the earth for what she has provided, making jack-o'-lanterns and chanting them for protection, scrying, making apple protection amulets or charm bags and house blessings, making corn husk dolls, holding harvest moon rituals, if you have any Samhain traditions that we didn't mention, feel free to send us a message because we would love to put that on blast. Oh my God, please. Yes. Like, yes. Okay. So the second one, Yule, I forget, I love Yule. I, mm-hmm. Obviously. Yule is the second dark harvest on the wheel of the year next to Samhain, a rich cultural folk holiday that has unique roots in nearly every culture. Yuletide evokes light during dark times and is celebrated typically during December 21st through January 1st and a part of the winter solstice, but celebrations often begin earlier in the month of December. Usually it's December 21st in the Northern Hemisphere and June 20th to the 23rd in the Southern Hemisphere. Almost every culture has a holiday around the winter solstice, so this particular day is not specific to Celts or even owned by pagans. Nearly every spiritual practice can appreciate the importance of the dark day of the year, the descent we took to get there, and the rebirth of the coming year. Ah, yes, we just (laughs) love it. Yes. Modern Yule has its roots in heathen, Germanic and North practice Yule, which has its origins in the English version of the festival. Fun fact, Yule is the shortest day of the year, or in other words, the day with the least hours of daylight. The word solstice is derived from the Latin word sol, which is sun, and sister, to stand still. Some altar items that if you want to put on your altar could be holly, any sun symbols, pine. We love that smell of pine. Mm -hmm. Some colors, white burgundy, yellow, greens, and crystals, bloodstone, clear quartz, ruby, garnet, garnet, and emerald, which like, I mean, that makes sense. It totally makes sense. Yeah. 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 So herbs to add either to your altar and to incorporate into your workings can include bay, thistle, holly, pine, evergreen, mistletoe, ivy, and yew. It's all the good greens. It's just all, all the, the good, good greens. greens. All the hearty greens. Right? 
foods, apple cider, of mm-hmm. course, warm drinks, apples, mulled wine, dark dried fruits eggnog and gingerbread we love gingerbread we love gingerbread so fucking good um so other symbols of this time of year lights and candles wreaths yule trees and yule logs i love yule logs i i've never made a yule log and i've honestly always wanted to We've got to make Yule Logs this year. We got to add it to the list. Yeah, Yule is just so beautiful. Like just the colors. And even though it is, it's dark, but like not, there's just something about it that does bring so much brightness into into the time and the coldness. But then again, it doesn't really get cold in California. So I know. But the the cool thing is um, about Yule Logs, and I don't know if this is like true across the board. I haven't like done my research on this, but um, in Sabrina... Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Chaos. Um, chaos, yeah. Chaos. Um, basically, they use the Yule log as a way to ward off, I don't know if necessarily if I'd say dark spirits, but like spirits of um, mischievousness. I remember that. Yep. Yeah, like from coming down the chimney and just like wreaking havoc in the household and during Yuletide. So I don't know if that's like an actual thing or if the writers just made that up, but I kind of fucking love that. Maybe that's why sometimes a lot of kids don't like Santa coming down the chimney. Oh, yeah. That's just creepy as fuck. Yeah. Very creepy. (laughs) So some Yuletide traditions for you and your friends. Each culture has traditions that are observed around the Yule season, many of which have some of their roots in older, more sacred pagan or folk traditions. One of the most well-known folk pieces of Yuletide is mistletoe. Yes. Yes. The Greeks and Romans kept mistletoe for its medicinal purposes, using it to treat everything from menstrual cramps to epilepsy to poison. The Celts associated mistletoe with romance. It's one of the few plants that can blossom during the frozen winter months, and the Druids held this as a sign. During the first century, Celtic Druids believed that the blossoming of frozen mistletoe during the harsh winter was a secret symbol of virility and fertility. Mm. Mistletoe is a sacred plant that reminds us to look for life amid the dead of winter. Mm. Love it. So this is really cool. Witch balls. Witch balls are another traditional Yuletide tool to help protect against evil spirits and sickness. In folk traditions, they were used to protect the home and garden from evil spirits or the evil eye. They are usually ornamental glass globes filled with the protective herbs and hung in a window. Clear glass ornaments are widely available in craft stores during Yule season if you want to DIY a witch ball. Mm-hmm, that's what we're going to do. I'm definitely going to do that this year. So other Yuletide traditions I like to keep are exchanging homemade gifts with my witch friends. Yay. Either a crafted tool like a handcrafted and blessed candle or home-baked treats, usually with the help of my Iron Chef partner, are go-tos. You have the candle that you made for me for um, for Yule. It's gone. It officially, it officially is done. It officially finished. But it was so beautiful. It was so like, I mean, you're you're wonderful at giving gifts. You know what to do. Aww, so, girl, thank you. I'm a Leo after. I know. <laughs> I'm a Leo. Like we love getting things, but also we fucking love giving. Like we I love, love giving gifts. So oh much my better than god. Getting them. <laughs> I will not forget. So remember it was this, I think it was this Yule when we like exchanged gifts, but we recorded ourselves 
when we were um, opening up our presents. And I remember I got you the blanket and when you opened it up and you like threw it on you and it was just like dancing and walking around <laughs> the blanket. Yeah. I was like, yeah, that was, that was, that was, that was supposed to be it. Mm-hmm. Yes. I feel like our high vibes just like come from the energy that people like that make people happy. You know, we just, we just want to make people happy and we get such a fucking boost out of that. And that's why I love giving gifts so much because I love, I really love um, picking out something that someone has mentioned in passing and being like, Mm -hmm. yes, I listen to you. Someone is listening to you. So you, you know, if you ever need to vent, I'm here. Yeah. Or even like, it's just something you see and you're like, uh, yeah, they would like that. You know what? Yeah. Gonna, like, is your birthday present done? Yes, it's completely done. I, <laughs> it's done. Like all and the parts are done. your list is pending. <laughs> We're fucking Leos. We can't help it. We love Leo season. We love it. We love we it. We love it. Okay. So our third one we're going to talk about is Imbolc. Imbolc is the third spoke and the first fire festival on the dark side of the wheel of the year typically observed between February 1st and February 2nd on the Northern Hem and August 1st on the Southern Hem. This festival is also known as Bridges Day and Candle Mass. We're beginning to see the light of life returning to earth as the sun begins to shuttle us into spring. Imbolc is one of the four Celtic fire festivals, which celebrates the return of the light after the darkness of winter. At this time, the triple goddess turns from crone to maiden. It is a time to honor Bridget, the goddess of healing, sun, and fertility. The word Imbolc comes from the word Imbolc, which translates to in the belly. Yes. Imbolc is not only associated with the sun and fire, but also with life, water, and divination. It is the midpoint between the winter solstice and spring equinox. The etymology of Imbolc's origins is believed to either come from an Irish word meaning into the belly, like we said, or originating from an older medieval word meaning use milk. This is no surprise, as Imbolc is held as a fertility holiday, although the tradition may even be older than the Celts. Alter items could be herbs and flowers, candles, and a Bridget cross, and colors, which makes sense, would be lavender, white, the greens, the pinks, and the orange. Crystals associated with this time, bloodstone, amethyst, ruby, garnet, turquoise, Mm. herbs to include in maybe your workings, maybe your altar, maybe hanging around your house, Mm -hmm. hazel, bay, rosemary, chamomile, yellow flowers, dill, I love chamomile so much. Who doesn't? Honestly, it's so good for your belly. It's so good for your belly. Yeah. Oh, it's a gut. It's a gut one. It's a gut herb. All right. It is. Foods, bread, cakes, cheese, tea, fish, dairy, muffins, pancakes, spiced wine, raisins, Courtney's favorite, and sunflower seeds. Can we just say like all of that is bread? Just bread on top of bread, bread, bread. Just Gotta love pencil. bread. I fucking love bread. <laughs> we'll talk about bread for the summer ones. And, and you know, the warmer, we'll, warmer No, Sabbaths. we'll just have one episode just talking about bread. <laughs> wait that might that might actually have to be like we'll talk about the foods like we're just gonna talk about food and then Zach could come on and he can like give us recipes and then we'll just be salivating the whole time okay that might actually have to be a thing (laughs) get ready for some food magic oh Oh, so ready (laughs) 
All right. Imbolc traditions and rituals. Imbolc is closely associated with the goddess Brigid. Her feast held at this time was later converted by Christ the Christian church into what is now the feast of St. Brigid. Brigid is the goddess of childbirth and the hearth and fire. During Imbolc, Brigid's light will help take the darkness out of winter and rejuvenate the earth with the warmth and light of the sun. An Irish tradition centered around Bridget's is Bridget centered around Bridget is Bridget's cross, a three to four arm cross made out of woven rushes, which is wicker, and hung on doors and windows for protection and to welcome the goddess Bridget into the hearth and home. In other traditions, the Norse goddess Frigga embodies Imbolc as the goddess of fertility, marriage, hearth, and home. Imbolc is the perfect time to renew your devotion to your craft and to your gods. Mm. Alden says of Imbolc, quote, during this time of year, most places are on the cusp of spring. Mm. Light is returning after months of cold and darkness. The earth is once again pregnant with the magic and possibility of new life. This is a special time when we can embody this light and take a moment to appreciate it within ourselves and our craft. Alden goes on to describe an excellent self-initiation and renewal ritual in order to make a personal commitment to yourself to continue following and defining your own craft. Mm. Defining goals for your craft and your journey is a great DIY for a renewal ritual to observe on Imbolc. Manifesting and restoring your commitment to long-standing goals is the main concept here. There are many other rituals to observe Imbolc. Bake intention bread. There's bread again. <laughs> like bread is bread is all about it. We love we love imbolc and bread. Honestly, love it. Dedicate an altar to Bridget and perform a protection ritual or home blessing ritual in her name. Do some animal protections if you have them. Take what you learned about yourself during our winter shadow period and set goals with that in mind. Mm, it's like it's just always like it's a process. Like it's a process for every single one. It's just like, there's so much, like, I feel like manifesting divination. Like it's just, it, it, I mean, it's a full year, like thing, but I, I don't know. I just, it's just so cool. I just love these holidays so much. Yeah. They're so fun. That's All a right. better way to put it than what I did. I don't even know what I said. <laughs> we're just, we're just fucking riffing, man. We're just riffing. riffing. Oh my God. Of course, Sean. Okay. Here's the next one. All right. So Ostara is what we're going to talk about next. Osara is the fourth spoke on the dark side of the wheel of the year, typically celebrated between March 21st and 22nd in the Northern Hemisphere and September 20th between the 20th and the 23rd in the Southern Hemisphere, also known as the spring equinox, which means the length of the night and day are equal. Ostara predates Wicca and Christianity. Ostara is thought to have been established by Caesar, marking the beginning of the tropical year, which is the time that the sun takes to return to the same position in the cycle of the seasons as seen from the earth, and is often mistaken as derived from the Christian Easter, but they are not the same holiday at all. Easter is observed on the first Sunday after the first full moon following the spring equinox, which is why it can be celebrated in either March or April. The religious celebrations of Easter have nothing to do with rabbits, eggs, and candy as the secular tradition holds. The spring equinox symbolizes rebirth, revival, and reconstruction as it is the last festival in the dark half of the year. 
The warming temperatures also contribute to increased fertility and is a great time to engage in love magic. Mm. Some Wiccan traditions hold that the goddess and the god are married at Ostara. The goddess and the god typically associated with Ostara are Estor, Anglo-Saxon goddess of spring, Pan, which is the horn goddess of nature in the wild from the Greek pantheon, the triple goddess in her maiden form, and Persephone or Kor, which it is you. the Greek it 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 me. Yeah. <laughs> which is the Greek goddess of spring and queen of the underworld. Don't forget that duality there. Mm-hmm. So alter items, fake eggs, or honestly, real eggs. I mean true. It's very true. They just might smell. Eh, that's true. Yeah. Don't keep them on there for too long now. <laughs> fake eggs, real eggs, plants, rabbits, statues for decor, colors associated, all the greens, like dark and light, orange, purple, and pink. Mm. Well, the crystals are jasper, amethyst, moonstone, and aquamarine. Herbs, your favorite, John. Any spring flowers, honeysuckle, jasmine, rose, olive, iris, like literally you, literally you, Sean, literally. So the foods, <clears throat> excuse me, have a little frog. The foods are eggs, hot cross buns, which we have to make some hot cross buns. Like I, I feel like we just need to. Chocolate, mm-hmm. jelly beans, lamb, seeds, spice cupcakes, fruits, leafy greens. I'm so freaking hungry. I like can't. <laughs> God. Other symbols could be baskets, chicks, budding twigs, ribbons, flowers, nests, and four leaf clovers. This is just so you. It's literally so you, Sean. I love spring. I fucking love spring. Exactly. Exactly. So some Ostar rituals and traditions could be spring cleaning. It is no coincidence spring cleaning its tradition. Ostara has us on the cusp of the season of life and nature. Not only our physical spaces have gotten dusty, but our mental spaces have too. My mental space is very dusty right now. (laughs) Ostara is a time we tend to ourselves and restore the balance in our physical and spiritual spaces. Cleaning, tidying up, and decluttering not only allow us to breathe easier, but help us decide on what we devote our energy to daily, which is also true because allergies are really fucking bad. Makes sense. Mm -hmm. You can learn more about how we witches blend our spaces and ourselves in our cleansing episode. What's up? What's up? But mm-hmm. a simple ritual after physically cleaning and decluttering your space is to smoke or sound cleanse, which we talked about adding bowls mm-hmm. of salt and cleansing herbs to the corners of your room or home. And as we discussed in our last learning episode to reinforce your wards and protections as a major part of mystical cleaning if you want to hear more back you know that we have an episode i don't even remember which one that was or how far back yeah but it's way back we have it don't worry Mm -hmm. dyeing and decorating ostara eggs with natural botanical or box dyes are another way to draw in the fertile renewal energy into your home alden also gives us a ton of cool suggestions on how to use certain foods like blueberries spinach and raspberries among many others to naturally dye the eggs We can also integrate color magic into the celebration. Don't be afraid to get creative with your magic and go off book. Seriously, like it's your practice. You fucking do what you want to do. 
Other rituals include planting seeds, baking hot cross buns again that we have to freaking do, making flower crowns, and making lavender lemonade. That sounds so Ugh. fucking refreshing, right? So fucking refreshing. Yes. <laughs> right, like, I think we need that right, right now. I can't wait to just spend all of the Sabbaths together when we like live in the same fucking state. <laughs> Which will be soon. It's going to yes. happen. It's going to happen. But that is part one. We could have done more, but- we want you to like have that simmer in just have mm-hmm. it like Let's simmer sink. yeah and that that's the first half yeah so we started with the dark we're going to enter into the light it's going to be a vibe it's going to be a mood it's going to be a scene and we're just going to go wild we're just gonna go wild i love that <laughs> love that so we hope you enjoyed this episode we hope that this got you really excited for the holidays honestly mm-hmm. because like we're always excited for got me excited yeah like we're all fucking excited so if you liked this episode and our past episodes you know what we're gonna say like subscribe share you know where to find us on apple podcast spotify google anchor all of that good shit the instagram the website uh anything else sean that you would like to say yeah, just uh, just love yourself and, uh, you know, get some sleep, drink some water. And uh, yeah, I think we need to get some sleep. So And drink some water and probably eat something because yes. it's like, you know, it's time. It's time. Good night. Good night, we witches. You. We love you. See you next time.